Welcome everyone to another episode of Spooky AF. I am your host today, Rob, and I'm joined by my co-host, Suze. Hey. This week, we are going to be looking into one of my favorite stories of all time. Um, and Suze, I think you're going to be particularly happy with this one because this story is close to home for you. Oh, oh dear. <laughs> yeah. It is going to be a, a joy uh getting to hear your thoughts on this and to also um bring it all home for you you know back back where it all started back in, oh oh god back in we're going back to texas, texas aren't we yeah oh. yeah where where we're going there are no roads <laughs> um, so most of texas yeah pretty much and uh, I, I have done my homework uh on, on this one um so for those of you that don't know, um, I am a, a big fan of the, the UFO world. Big, big fan. It's probably my, my, um, my number one interest in, in the paranormal and all things uh, spooky. The, the, the UFO world is, or sorry, it should be UAP now. Yeah. Is, uh, it's really interesting at the moment. There's a lot of things going on. And uh, I guess they've just been on my mind recently a lot uh, because of everything in the news. So I thought, you know, what? there's nothing better than to put in a, a UFO story here. And probably one of the weirdly less known ones, but um, there's there's a lot on it. And says I'm sure you've heard of it. Um, well, you actually might be surprised. I, um, I'm interested in UFOs, but I don't actually know a whole lot about them. Amazing. So I'm really excited to get get into this. Amazing. I, I among my friends, uh, I feel like I'm that dude with the uh like the clipboard with the red lines going between like different <laughs> uh stories just being like what does it all mean? Um it's gotten I to want a point to believe. now. Yeah, basically. It's it's gotten to a point now where like UFOs I'd say would consume a large amount of my my weekly reading. Um, you see, my experience with them is either the X Files, which I was a big fan of, or Louis Theroux's um, special he did on UFO hunters. Amazing. Okay. Well, that's fair. That's a good special. Um, and look, I'm I'm just to say I'm fully aware of how ridiculous a lot of UFO stories are, and the people who hunt them. Not to discredit people who do it for a living, but some people are whacked. <laughs> um, have you ever seen a UFO before or know anyone who's seen a UFO or claim to have seen one? I, I definitely haven't. Um, do I know somebody? Well, I'm trying to think of somebody like redneck crazy from where I'm from who may have seen one and it's, Oh, Oh yes. Yes. Yes, I do. So I have a, like a distant cousin who claims to have seen one. Amazing. Incredible. It was out. It was out on like a ranch in a field yeah. in the middle of nowhere at night. And he's, which I mean, I'm a hundred percent certain it was like a shooting star. Amazing. But... Did he try to shoot the UFO? <laughs> I mean, there's a strong possibility. 
Excellent. Uh, well, I'm I'm glad you've you've touched on uh, the the mentioning it was quiet in the middle of the night, rural, rural. I'm assuming rural Texas. Oh yeah, amazing. Well, that that leads nicely then into uh, today. So, have you heard of a town called Aurora, Texas? Oh yes, I have. Amazing. So in my in my, my, my homework for this today, I discovered that uh, Aurora, Texas is 150 miles from your town. Yep. So basically just down the road in Texas terms. <laughs> That's what I was about to say. I was like, we are really in my neck of the woods. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's I told you, this is this is a gift today. I, I want you to feel at home as much as possible. Um, we, we are going into the heartlands of Root and Toot in Texas today. And, uh, you know, we may never leave. We may never leave. We may never leave. So Aurora, Texas, it's a funny town because um, everything that I searched on it uh, yep. only mentions what I'm going to be discussing today. Um, I basically could find no other information at all on this town, aside from the fact that... Um, it's classed as a city, but the population is less than 1,400 people. That sounds about right. And that is basically the only information I could find online. Now, granted, um, I didn't look a huge amount for any further information uh, beyond that. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, it's, it's it sounds like a small, small town. Um, yeah. Pretty small. Even in terms of Ireland, that's a small town. Yeah, I would say even my experience with uh, knowing of Aurora is just um, knowing it exists. And it's in the ranks of towns like Noodle and Anson and <laughs> like just really small places. So in Ireland or Europe, I guess, would this be classed as more of like a, a village or a town rather than a city? I would say it would be more like a, yeah, like a large village or a small town. Excellent. Okay. But the, I, don't, I don't know what the rules are for being classified as a city in Texas. It, it may just be the strength with which you make the application. Fair. Okay. To be fair, though, I think every single town uh, that I went into in the States called themselves a city. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I, I don't know. But uh, it, it's for all intents and purposes, it's a it's a tiny, tiny town and was even smaller uh, during the events of what happened, what I'm going to discuss today. So, Suze, have you heard of the... Aurora, Texas UFO incident. I have not. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. So this UFO story is uh, actually very popular in UFO circles. Um, okay. It's attracted uh, quite a bit of interest kind of over the years, but it's been spread out. Um and such kind of uh, TV shows like UFO Files and UFO Hunters, which are mm -hmm. two separate shows, by the way. 
Yes. Um, have covered it. Uh, and there was uh, the there was a film made in the eighties called The Aurora Encounter. Um, and There's a film. There is a film. Uh, and obviously, it's it's you know it's reached the peak of its popularity in that it also featured in an episode of Ancient Aliens. Uh, well, if it's if it's reached the echelons of ancient aliens. And the title of that episode, which may give you a hint of when we're talking about today, was called Aliens and the Old West. Oh, incredible. Yeah. So today's story takes place all the way back in 1897. Oh, yes. Yeah. So we are... For everyone who doesn't know, we're 50 years pre-Roswell, which is classed as the... The seminal. Yeah, the the event that brought UFOs into the, the modern thinking or the modern time. You know, um, this is 50 years before then. Uh, th- this, is, this is a big, big story. You know, 1897, there was a lot going on. The, the the West was kind of uh, slowing down. Um, yes, it was in the process of being one. Yeah. Um, there was some horrific shit happening with indigenous populations. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, railways were being built, I, uh, from what I gather, everywhere in, in the States. Oh, yeah. All over the and, place. And... Um, that's pretty much my knowledge of the old west i'm basing it entirely off my playthrough of red dead redemption um (laughs) so uh obviously i know there was a lot of mining and such going on as well but that's that's pretty much i think where where it ends um the the west was was ending basically the old west the time of cowboys and gunslingers it it was nearly gone You, you were you're facing mass urbanization and therefore the the lifestyle of this kind of wild west rolling around in a cab not a cabin a uh a covered wagon and all that was uh had already peaked incredible i feel like people in texas still to this day kind of cling on to that like uh those kind of ideals more than other places in the states yes and there's a reason for that because i was a research assistant on a project in undergrad and we were talking about why texas views itself in that kind of wild west way rather than because like the rest of the south doesn't and the the other the rest of the southwest doesn't cling on to it as hard um and we kind of concluded it was because texas wants to separate its history of slavery sounds about right (laughs) Yeah, so they would rather be like, oh, we were all, like, ranchers and, like, and black people were our friends, and rather than, like, the long history of plantations and exploitation of, pe- of, of, of black people as slaves in, in the history of Texas. So real, just, like, don't open that door over there. Yes, a hundred percent. They're like, we don't want to deal with it the way that other southern states have been kind of forced to deal with it or at least tried mm. to be forced to deal with it so they're the they just want to focus on the the land of budweiser and guns and rodeo 
um, barbecue. Yes, they want saloon doors and gun holsters and big, big hats. Ex- oh, 10-gallon hats, amazing. Okay. Yes. And they they want to basically just bring it into, uh, like, roadhouse style. Everyone's just, you know, going down to the local bar and drinking. Um, yeah, it was very, very much about, like, oh, we're all a community of, like, free-thinking people and we were, were in, independent and we used to be our own country and yeah and that was most, very much m- most importantly good christian people yeah yes a hundred percent well then i assume that aurora texas was this pinnacle of uh texan values then in 1897 uh aurora at the time uh surprisingly um or unsurprisingly, uh, had an even smaller population than that of today. Um, so back in the 1890s, it only had a population of uh, about 370 people. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so 370 people. So it's gained 1,000 people in um, 100 years. Um, well, the, the, that, the, that's growth. Yeah, they're, they're good numbers. Uh they got they got to pump the numbers a bit more, but but you know they're they're on a, an incline. Um, so yeah, but by three hundred and seventy people, for all intents and purposes, I could get that it was a quiet enough town. It, I think it used to be a bit more popular a few years beforehand. Um, but at this point, it's life in Aurora was starting to quieten down. Um, the railway, as I mentioned earlier, was being built and i believe aurora was actually being left out of the railway lines so the okay. town in general town in general was starting to to quieten down a little bit um at, at this point so the event today takes place on april 17th 1897 uh, at approximately 6 a.m uh to be be precise uh, reports came out of a um, cigar-shaped UFO crashing uh, near the town of Aurora. For those of you that are, are interested in UFOs and, and such, uh, the cigar-shaped UFO uh, still to this day is one of the most popular reported shapes of UFOs. Yeah, um, it's actually more reported, if I'm correct, than the kind of like traditional what you would think of as a flying saucer, right? Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. This this is like the one of the more common, or probably the most common shape after maybe uh, triangles. Mm, yeah. Um. But yeah, the the cigar shape. So it's it's super interesting that even then in 1897, where UFOs I assume are not part of the public kind of uh, conscious at this time, uh, this is being reported. Um, oh yeah you wouldn't expect the townspeople to know the various types of ufos no for sure um it's i don't think it's it's concerning them too much um so the thing about this ufo is that it it crashed in aurora um in the morning of april 17th but it had actually been seen flying um over missouri and arkansas okay um earlier before it crashed the thing that's just kind of really interesting about this is that this was seen flying over, as I said, Missouri and Arkansas, a crash in Texas. For context, this is five years before the Wright brothers' first successful flight of their airplane. 
So it's something that would be noticed. Like there's an object in the sky. Yeah, yeah. Like this is five years before the first, even the prototype of the airplane was flying. And this is flying around. Now, granted, I know there's like the like airships, the like the balloons and shit, but yeah, people are noticing this. And those um, those fuckers aren't moving as fast. Those those no. airships and dirigibles and exactly. what have you. Exactly. So pe- people are people are seeing this. Um, there were quite a few witnesses actually to this crash. So even though there's you no, know, as I said, only three hundred and seventy people in this town, there there were a few witnesses that that have come forward. Um, I think the first and probably most prominent was uh someone called S. E. Hayden. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they actually wrote an article for the the Dallas Morning News on April nineteenth, so two days later. Just talking about this. Yeah, yeah. So the the article basically it's uh like four paragraphs, and uh it starts with the headline of a windmill demolishes it, um, <laughs> and then goes into about six o'clock. Uh, this morning, the early risers of Aurora were astonished at the sudden appearance of the airship, which ha- of the airship which has been sailing through the country. So when I was reading that, I was kind of like, "Oh, was this like a known thing?" Yeah. Um, apparently, I'm assuming just because it had been seen in other places beforehand that people were kind of aware of it. Uh, it goes on to say it was traveling due north and much nearer the Earth than ever before. Um, evidently some of the machinery was out of order for it was making a speed of only 10 or 12 miles an hour and gradually settling down the or settling down toward the earth. Uh, hmm. It sailed directly over the public square uh, and when it reached the north part of town collided with the tower of Judge Proctor's windmill <laughs> and went to pieces with a terrific explosion scattering debris over several acres of ground, wrecking the windmill and water tank and destroying the judge's flower garden. Well, I'll be. I know, I know. But uh, is, if it if it was only going like ten miles an hour, you wouldn't expect the explosion to be spectacular. No. Um, of course, I'm saying this with my English degree and not any kind of <laughs> engineering. No, or... no ten, 10 miles an hour is uh, it's pretty slow. Um, it it's definitely not. Uh, it's not you know, like James Bay. No. Uh, for people who don't understand freedom units. And by uh, James Bay, I mean, I mean Michael Bay. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> I was waiting for the penny to drop. Um, <laughs> for those of you that don't understand freedom units, uh, 10 miles an hour is 16 kilometers an hour um, in, the, in the metric. Um, so it's pretty slow. Um, so yeah, you're right. I, I wouldn't necessarily think that it would be fast enough to destroy things but i guess we're not considering like the weight of the object oh yeah it could have been like a really heavy cigar yeah and um much like a cigar it could have been burning um okay so well it did take out a flower garden though so this is a serious serious thing not only the flower garden the judge's flower flower garden yeah uh judge proctor to be exact um and then the article goes on to say the pilot of the ship is supposed to have been the only one on board. And while his remains are badly disfigured, enough of the original has been picked up to show that he was not an inhabitant of this world. Oh. Yeah. 
Um, Mr. T.J. Weems, the United States Signal Service officer at this place and an authority on astronomy, uh, gives it as his opinion that he was a native of the planet Mars. <laughs> I don't know how he knows that. Um, I suppose, though, he is uh, a self-professed uh, expert on uh, astronomy. Right. And uh, papers found on his person, evidently the record of his travels, are written in some unknown hieroglyphics and not ca and cannot be deciphered. <laughs> uh, the ship was too badly wrecked to form any conclusion as to its construction or mode of power. Uh, it was built of an unknown metal resembling somewhat of a mixture of uh, aluminium and silver, and it must have weighed several tons. Oh. Uh, the the town is full of people today who are viewing the wreck and gathering specimens of the strange metal from the debris. The <laughs> This final line is the one that gets me. The pilot's funeral will take place at noon tomorrow. <laughs> and, and that's it. That, that's, that's all that we get from the, the news uh, headlines. So you're telling me that this town had a funeral for an alien? Oh, Suze... Oh, you don't even know what's about to come <laughs> <laughs> your way with this story. Uh, so, yeah, we basically got this cigar, flew overhead 10 miles an hour, crashed into uh, a flower garden, took out a windmill and a, a water tank, all owned by the judge, by the way. So this judge is getting pretty targeted by by uh, men from Mars, apparently. Yeah, it sounds it sounds like a like a targeting attack. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Just as a, a a side note, Judge Proctor, that is the most Southern name I could possibly imagine with, like, title. <laughs> it like, really is. You know Judge Proctor. He turns up to court. He He's wearing his, uh, his Boots and spurs. Hat. Yeah, he's got the Stetsons. He walks in. He's got, like, a bandolier with bullets around him. He has a bolo tie. Yeah, he's a, he's a double denim kind of guy. <laughs> uh and uh you know his his court is ruled by the the rule of the lord yeah yes yeah the ten commandments are on a poster behind him yeah scarily like modern day texas um oh but, god yeah but but judge proctor knows what's up judge proctor is uh clearly an enterprising man as well because he has the town's windmill and a massive water tank do you think that came with the job? Like he was elected as judge and then they were like, by the way, <laughs> as, as a bonus, you now get this windmill and water tower. Honestly, like if that's a perk of the job, I sign me up. Yeah. Like what are we doing? Yeah. And clearly our nine to fives. Exactly. Clearly he's siphoning, by the way, the water from the tank to, to deal with this like cool flower garden. I was like, who has a flower garden in that part of Texas? Yeah. Absolutely. I also, I, I find it interesting that they, they say that it's the judge's flower garden. So is it his flower garden or is the flower garden tended by his wife, by Mrs. Proctor? I like to think that Judge Proctor is um, ahead of his time and is really interested in horticulture. He's a modern man. Yeah. He, he's, he's got that green thumb. Yep. Yeah. The... The way that he handles his courthouse is different to the way that he handles his uh, hydrangeas. Oh, yes. His, his yeah. hydrangeas receive the utmost care and gentleness. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they are still you... held to the law of the Lord. Yeah, exactly. 
you know, when you reel with an iron fist, you know, that, that also uh, covers your garden. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, the they they said it crashed. Uh, people came over uh, naturally to see what was going on. Um, they said there was debris everywhere, uh, which was like aluminium and silver, which, mm-hmm. again, for anyone who is familiar with the Roswell story, uh, something that they talked about there as well was that the metal was uh, aluminium like um, or more kind of like an aluminium foil and silver kind of texture um, so it's just my an question interesting... is all these looky-loos that are collecting the metal I, I'm just thinking of like it's coming from space it's probably radioactive I'm just worried that the entire town of Aurora is about to get cancer yeah, well, you know, you don't care about radiation uh, at this time. Uh, That's no true. No one knows about it. And, uh, you know. They'd be like, oh, this when... metal is warm. I wonder why. Yeah, and when you've got, you know, the the protection of good old Judge Proctor looking after everyone, um, you know, you don't need to worry about space radiation and cancer. True. I've just, it, I, I recently saw Oppenheimer. And so <laughs> I'm so just you're... painfully aware you're intrinsically aware now of uh, yes. radiation. Yeah, fair. More than fair. Um, so, yeah. And then the final thing, which they just dropped in there, was that it was a Martian man who um, was horrifically mutilated, um, but they recovered his body and uh, they organized a funeral for him. Oh, my God. So, yeah, they... the. <laughs> Mad Lads actually went ahead uh, with this and records would indicate that the pilot was actually indeed buried in the Aurora Cemetery with, quote, Christian rites. Are you telling me that we could exhume an alien body from this cemetery? There is supposedly an alien body buried in Aurora, Texas in their cemetery. It's oh my God. actually... The cemetery itself even contains a Texas Historical Commission marker mentioning the incident. Oh. Yeah. How have I never heard of this? It is not that far away from where I'm from. I know. I know. So, um, supposedly the wreckage, which they say uh, weighed several tons, uh, was dumped into the well uh, located under the damaged windmill. Naturally. Um, and they also threw some into the grave with the alien, I guess, to make him feel... Um... <laughs> like a Viking being buried with his jewelry. Yeah, they barometered him, basically. Um, and then a large stone was placed at the head of the grave to mark the spot. So even though he got a Christian burial, he didn't get, like, you know, a, 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 a written gravestone. No. Because what yep. would they put? I'm surprised exactly. that he didn't get his own, like, large crucifix. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe the, maybe the people of Aurora were more modern thinking at the time. You know, they gave him a Christian burial because they weren't sure of his beliefs, but maybe they didn't go so far as giving him a, uh, a crucifix. Yeah, they were like, you know what? We don't know where he's from. We have no idea. Yeah. yeah. Well, Mars. Or, we, we've already said Mars. Well, yeah, the expert did say Mars. So maybe they're more into like the, the Martian branch of Christianity. And uh, mm. who, are we, who are we to judge? Yeah. Who's the prophet um, on Mars? That's the question. Ex- exactly. 
Mars Jesus has only got time for Mars problems. <laughs> um, so Mars adding... Jesus. <laughs> he's like Korean Jesus. He's equally as ripped. And, oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> he deals with Mars problems. Um, so that kind of ends the story for that part. Um, mm. So not much is kind of talked about kind of after then it, it's almost kind of a case of uh not really talked about um as much uh, at that point so we've then flash forward to uh 1945 approximately and we have a man called uh mr brawley oats mm. who enters the scene he purchased judge proctor's property i'm assuming the judge is uh moved That's on since past to, yeah he he's also uh occupying the aurora cemetery, cemetery. yeah um so he's purchased the uh proctor property and goes about tidying up the property he knew there was a well on the property and decided to clean it out there to locate the well uh and then to clean it out to use it as a water source so he does that but then later on develops an extremely severe case of arthritis, mm. which he claimed to be the result of contaminated water from the wreckage dumped into the well. I told you, it's fucking radiation. I know. <laughs> so as a result, Oates sealed up the well with a concrete slab and placed an outbuilding on top of the slab in 1957. Okay. That kind of ends the kind of, I suppose, the, the public kind of knowledge of it. There's nothing to see here, basically. Yeah. Not much then is really kind of talked about uh, after then. So it's really kind of around, like I, I know I said there was like a film and stuff came out, but it, it's kind of, um, it's not really kind of in the public kind of um, mindset at this time. People aren't really thinking about it. I suppose as well, you've got like, as I said earlier, like the Roswell incident um, and then a, a stream of other ufo related incidents um and they're kind of taking over the public psyche i suppose and then you've got like obviously the second world war like korea vietnam cold war mm. people aren't people aren't thinking about the alien bird on aurora they're thinking about like communists and, and nukes um yeah oh yeah so that's it it's, it's it's kind of um not talked about then so flash forward then again to 1998 um on the dallas tv station kdfw mm -hmm. they kind of throw out this lengthy report um so they basically say after their investigation they've determined that something did crash but could find no evidence of extraterrestrial life or technology this kind of gets the public thinking again and uh in 2005 the ufo files uh, aired an episode related to this incident uh, just titled Texas Roswell. Nice. Yeah, cool, cool title. They actually managed to find two new eyewitnesses to the crash. Ooh. Wait. So Mary... What? Yeah, so obviously I, they, they passed away at this point, but Mary Evans is one of them. She was only 15 at the time. Mm -hmm. um so i guess you know obviously she lived well into the 20th century um she told people 
of how her parents went to the crash site and the discovery of the body, but they refused to allow her to go with them. Mm. And another eyewitness, Charlie Stevens, who was only 10 at the time, said he saw the airship trailing smoke um, as it headed toward Aurora. Um, He wanted to go see what happened, but in classic old school times, his father wasn't interested and made him do his chores instead. Uh, Um, Damn it, Charlie's dad. Yeah, so he he said he later went to the site and saw the wreckage from the crash, but I don't think he saw the body. He he only saw the the wreckage, basically. Okay. Uh, And then moving on to 2008, so three years later, the UFO Hunters uh, aired their documentary um, about the incident titled First Contact. Okay. Again, good title. I'm going to say it's not as good as Texas as Roswell. Um, No, no, no. But, you know, clearly a, um, a, a good attempt. We'll give it a 6 out of 10. It's a 6 out of 10. Yeah, uh, good effort. This documentary basically pretty much said the exact same such uh, kind of details as UFO files, um, except there was one kind of change from the UFO file story. And that's Tim Oates, who is the nephew of Brawley Oates, mm-hmm. the, the owner of the property yeah. with the sealed well. He actually allowed the investigators to unseal the well in order to examine it for possible debris. Ooh. So water was taken from the well and tested normal, except for large amounts of aluminium present. Right. Which, as we know, they claimed it was an aluminium ship that crashed. Exactly. The well had no significant contents and any large pieces of metal had been removed from the well um, by a past owner of the property. Where, where did they go? Exactly. Along with this, the remains of a windmill base were found near the well site, uh, as earlier reported. Um, so the windmill was obviously gone. It had been destroyed. So, But they actually found the remains of the windmill, the kind of the, the concrete base of it. And the Aurora Cemetery was also examined. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Cemetery Association actually refused a request for exhumation of the body. Uh... But... An unmarked grave was found in the area near the other 1890s graves. But when they used ground penetrating radar uh, on the area, the grave had badly deteriorated and the radar couldn't <sighs> conclusively kind of prove that there were any remains in the ground. Oh. Do you think it was because his Martian flesh reacted with this uh, earth soil? Entirely possible. That That's probably going to be my headcanon. <laughs> That he basically just dissolved. Yeah. He was basically like um, the end of Wizard of Oz, the the witch. Yes. She gets some water on her and she just like, just completely just fucking disintegrates into the ground. Oh, God. To be on that team that I, it's been a dream of mine to use ground penetrating radar in a cemetery. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. What? Do you know what this means? This is not, this is like a two hour drive from where I'm from. Yeah. We have to go. <laughs> oh, 100%. Yeah, I, I definitely go here. It, it's it's a funny kind of thing because apparently the locals are very protective over this grave. Mm-hmm. Um, and any time that investigators have turned up to locate the grave and, and things, um, they've obviously brought like metal detectors and things and they, they've found evidence of like metal in the ground and such. Local citizens haven't agreed with this. And they've actually, like, blocked the opening of the grave. They've, like, protested oh. outside it, I believe. 
Um, and they even went so far as to removing the headstone uh, or any markers at all to pretty so, much... So you don't know where to go? Yeah. Oh. You know, on one hand, they could potentially fully believe what's gone on here. Or, on the other hand, does lead or lend kind of uh, weight to the next part of this, which is uh, the hoax theory. Oh. Yeah. So how, how are you feeling about this now currently? I mean, I'm I'm willing to believe. I'm, I'm on this track with these people. Uh, I mean, to be fair, I think that these people that are protesting are probably also the people that protest in front of Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. Probably. <laughs> Unfortunately. Probably. But... Um, but I'm willing to be on the, on the belief train. So you're drinking with Kool-Aid? Oh, yeah. Amazing. Well, that, 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 that's good to hear, because, uh, you know, it, it's, it, it's an interesting story. It, it, it's one of those things that I, I think you either believe it or you don't. And, y- you know, it, it's, it's just, that's just it. You know, you, you believe it or you don't. I mean, I think the fact that they had, that there's an element of this story, that is, they had a funeral for a Martian. With Christian rights. That, with Christian rights. Yeah. That really hooks me in. I'm willing to go with it. That's commitment. Oh, yeah, 100%. And I'm, I'm, I'm actually sad that you're about to tell me that there's a hoax theory. It's not singular either, unfortunately. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Rob. Uh... You know, I could just not, like, I could not continue. No, 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 we're a podcast devoted to the truth. Okay, so we're in there. <laughs> I I want to know, so are the hoax theories, like, does someone think that there was someone was pulling a hoax in the late 19th century? Yeah. The thing about the hoax theory is that it really only came out in kind of the... I think it was the 1980s. I, I I think there was like a Time magazine interview or something. One of those, you know, those kind of like small, like insert sort of interviews that no one really kind of reads. Yeah, yeah. In that, they do kind of talk about, uh, they, they found a witness at uh, Peggy's, I think her name was. She was 86 mm-hmm. years old and still living in Aurora and was oh shit a child at the time of this all happening. So she would have been, what, like three yeah. What does she know as a three-year-old? But she claims that the guy who wrote the original article, S.E. Hayden, the the main witness who came forward, he claim, or yeah. she claimed that he basically wrote it as a joke and to bring interest to Aurora because the railroad had bypassed the town and the town was basically like on its last legs. To kind of <sighs> further get into that as well. Apparently, he was kind of known as the town kind of, like, jokester. So that was his kind of, like, last-ditch attempt. Oh, no. To kind of keep us alive. So did he destroy the windmill and the flower garden? I'll I'll get to that. I'll get to that. So the other kind of... The other part that leads into the the hoax theory is that a former mayor of Aurora... Mm Mm-hmm. Is now based, I think, in Fort Worth. Yeah, and yeah, that's pretty nearby. She apparently did some like historical research on it and found that in the months prior to the crash, Aurora had been plagued with a series of like tragic incidents, as she described it. 
So first, the local cotton crop was destroyed uh, by a boll weevil infestation. And there was also a fire on the town's west side that basically destroyed a bunch of buildings uh, and killed a bunch of people. Okay. And then finally, there was a spotted fever epidemic that hit the town, um, which nearly wiped out the remaining citizens and put the town in full quarantine. Jesus. The last kind of like nail in the coffin, so to speak, was, the, as I mentioned before, the planned railroad got within 27 miles of Aurora, but it never actually went to the town. Mm-hmm. So th- this all happened in the, the months before the crash. So people theorized that Hayden, in, in an attempt to keep Aurora alive, wrote this article um, and, and made, made it all up. Right. The person in the 1980 Time article who discussed it at a Peg's or Peggy's. Um, I, I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you a little hook that'll just pull you back into this. She claimed okay. that Judge Proctor never operated a windmill on his property. However, as I've said already, the UFO Hunters episode did, in their investigation, found the they base, found of, the the base of the windmill and confirmed that it was the remains of a windmill from the 1890s, right beside the well site which matched up with the original statements and basically completely contradicts what was in the Time Ma- Mar- the Time magazine article. So, yeah. I think Ed is just a buzzkill. You think so? I think so. Yeah. Also, she was 3. Th- that is also true. And I refuse she, to believe a 3-year-old. <laughs> she would have, well, you know, as we know, you can't trust children. They they lie about everything. No. So, um but, uh, this was also during the, the period of the satanic panic. And I bet she had thoughts about that as well. Oh, I'm sure Etta had some strong thoughts about the satanic panic. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm willing to disregard her uh, baseless assumptions. Yeah, that's fair. That, that's absolutely fair. Because um, this is just like... Well, to me, it's a bit like in the black tapes when they go to was it charlesworth and they have like their oh this jokester put together this festival of the upside down face but then all the evidence points that it's absolutely true yeah and i i feel like we're in a similar situation i think so so that that kind of concludes the aurora texas ufo incident and it, it ends there you know like there there is some evidence you know that they do they have confirmed that there was a windmill the mm-hmm. that when they reviewed the water in the well there was a large aluminium content there has been pieces of metal found around the area that have contained mostly aluminium uh and some sort of other unknown element now mm. whether or not it's an unknown element because it just hasn't been tested uh, i don't know yeah. Um, it, it is one of those, those things, you know, there, there is an unmarked grave. It, it's, it is interesting, you know, and oh, yeah. to kind of like top it all off, move on the, the kind of the, the UFO investigators, the, um, the, the, they're, they're kind of the, the, the top of the class when it comes to UFO investigations. Yeah. Uh, they did investigate it as well. Um, and what were their conclusions? They kind of um, came down on the evidence being inconclusive. Mm-hmm. They didn't rule out the possibility of the hoax, but they also didn't say that it wasn't true. Mm-hmm. 
so that kind of leaves us there. Um, there was one final thing that I chose not to mention. So when I was talking about it in popular culture. Yeah. There, there was one other um, film made about it. Oh, no. It's an independent short movie. Oh, Jesus. Um, and uh, it was titled Aurora. Okay. Um, and it, it um, dramatized the incident and combined it with the Nazi conspiracy theory of Die Glocke, which was... Oh, uh... no. <laughs> it didn't. It did. Um, so... <laughs> That's a fun note, I think, to end on with the uh, the the story of Aurora. Um, <laughs> it was tied into a Nazi conspiracy theory. A Nazi conspiracy theory in the 1890s. Yeah. Uh, oh, Jesus. I know. I, I chose to save that little nugget to the end so you could. Uh, oh, yeah. You could enjoy that one. Well, I think I think on our my conclusion is that we just need to go there. Yep. I, I, I agree with you. That when you and your wife come and visit my family in Texas, we have to make a two-hour drive and go there. I'm fine with that. I'm absolutely fine with that. Yeah, I, I, I don't see any other uh, solution to this, really. No. Um, I, I'm sending you... We need you to a, see it for ourselves. I'm going to send you a picture of uh, the crash site in Aurora. Or, okay. the sorry, a monument to the crash site in Aurora. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, and also to the Aurora Cemetery, so you can see what it looks like. Oh, that's such a small town Texas cemetery. <laughs> yeah, it definitely gives off that vibe. For anyone that hasn't seen it, it's the, you know, the chain link, small, like, chain link fence all the way around, perfectly pristine grass, and then a big sign saying Aurora Cemetery, like, over the entrance. Uh, it, it basically, it looks like the quintessential small town america cemetery is my question is on the the crash site memorial yeah um do you do you know the the name where it says aurora and has the little ufo graphic yeah is that the official town <laughs> like um brand i don't know because it does say aurora a legendary western town yes and i really want that to be part of their official like comms plan branding i i think it could be i i really hope it is my final favorite image that i've saved for you it's it's my my parting gift uh, to you on this okay someone when i was looking up images decided to i don't know why but they they got a picture of t of two girls looking at the 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 craft as it's coming in to crash and I don't want to give away anything else. I'm just going to send it to you. And I, I want to get your reaction. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> what? In the name of Photoshop. <laughs> so this is a picture of two girls. I'd say probably like four or five years old in, yeah. in sundresses. Uh, naturally, and Stetsons. Naturally both blonde hair. Holding hands. Wearing... Yeah, Stetson hats, just looking at a cigar-shaped UFO, just over this, like, idyllic... Imagine the, the Windows XP grass yes. background. Yes. But just imagine that at, like, in the evening. A golden hour. Yeah, and you've got this. It is completely ridiculous. It is... 
I kind of want to use it as my background on my work laptop. <laughs> just to see if anyone notices. Yes. Yeah. I think people would just be like, oh, is that from Texas? <laughs> well, because I already get comments because it, like, my current one switches between a Legend of Zelda background and, like, this um, sketch of Hogwarts. Excellent. And so if I just throw this into the rotation <laughs> and see if I get any comments. You could even just put it to show up for like two seconds. Yes, like subliminal messaging. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'll be like, this is where I'm from. <laughs> well, I don't know how you do things in the city, but down south, this is how we do <laughs> This is how we deal with UFOs. <laughs> I could just say it's a picture from my childhood that one of those girls is me. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Uh, and that's fine. You know, I, I think no one can question that. No, not at all. Um, so, yeah, so that's that's the Aurora uh, story. Personally, I don't know. I, I feel like something something crashed, definitely. Yeah. I, I think uh, it definitely, something definitely happened. They've, they've found a, a, a load of aluminium. Uh, or aluminum, I should probably say for uh, American. <laughs> for all our American uh, listeners. Yeah. And th they found that. They did say the water was contaminated with it. It does all kind of check boxes. You know, the, I think the only thing that's left is, you know, the, the, the body that's buried there. But, you know, I'm also going to say I don't think the U.S. government would sit around happily knowing that there's evidence of an alien buried in a cemetery. Um, yeah, I, I think that body is, has been gone a long time. I think so. I think they went in early on, got it out in the middle of the night. Yeah. Men in black style. Yeah. And you didn't see anything here. Yeah. No, nobody saw anything. Yeah. And Judge, Judge now Proctor, we're just left with. Judge Proctor could have been in on it. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> He's part of the conspiracy. This goes all the way to the top. It goes, off it goes the all the way to Judge Proctor. Judge Proctor in his like cream linen suit sitting there. <laughs> yes. Turns around <laughs> in his chair. Well, I guess you found me, boys. <laughs> As he tends to his begonias. Yeah. <laughs> With such a delicate touch. Yes. A picture of Jesus and a crucifix behind him on the wall. Over him, yes. naturally. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Um I yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I think this is like it's definitely like a spooky kind of thought that, you know That there's an alien buried in a Texas cemetery. Yeah. I I don't know what's scarier is the fact that there's an alien buried there or that they buried him with Christian rites. Maybe that's what caused him to dissolve. <laughs> as soon as that holy water touched him that burned the fuck out of him. <laughs> It was like a scene out of The Exorcist. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. The, the thing that I couldn't find online was they talked about how they found his notes and it had like hieroglyphics and everything on it and they assumed it was like a travel log. Yeah. I have no idea where that's gone. As with all kind of UFO cases um, from, I suppose, the, well, I was going to say the early 20th century. Um, in this case, obviously, it's the late 19th century. Uh, th things have gone missing. Um, oh, yeah. Mysteriously or destroyed. Um, I bet they're 
in an attic somewhere in Aurora. Those Pro- probably notes I, are just like in somebody's suitor chest. I wouldn't be surprised if they're just kind of just chilling out there, um, just slowly just turning into dust, basically. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a cool case. I, I think it's um, I think it's a cool first UFO case for the podcast. And oh I, yeah, I knew when we were talking about UFO cases that this is the first one that came into my mind. I was like, this this needs to be the 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 one to to present to Suze. Yes. Oh, so it joins it joins like La Llorona and like the Anson Lights, which I think we've mentioned on the pod before. And, um, and now we have Aurora. And so we're getting a, like a list of places we need to go in Texas. Oh, I have another one in Texas that I've, I've chosen not to share so far. Okay. Um, cause it will be covered on a, on a future, a future podcast. But all I'll just say is, have you ever heard of the West Texas Owlman? No, I have not. Oh, you will. <laughs> I can't wait. And with that, I think we'll leave it there for today. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for joining us, guys. Yeah, thanks so much. This has been a really fun one. I know not not as spooky as um you know the, the previous episodes, but you know, I I think it's good to to look at different things and to look at the real world potential spooky aliens that are just sitting right above us just hovering there waiting rather than the ghosts from below yeah exactly um yeah so we will see you all in the next one see you guys bye